0: Welcome to Crohn's and Colitis Perspectives on ReachMD. This series is produced in collaboration with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, providing updates and driving innovation in IBD research, education, and clinical support.
1: If I were to ask you to think back on your teenage years, I think we can all agree that being a teenager and having to balance things like school and friends and sports and other hobbies isn't always easy. But what if I were to ask you to to imagine doing all of that while coping with the effects of inflammatory bowel disease? For the 80,000 children living with inflammatory bowel disease, this is a reality, which is why it's so important for us to not only help ease the physical pain our patients experience, but also the emotional and psychological stress that often accompanies that disease. Coming to you from the ReachMD studios in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, this is Crohn's and colitis perspectives on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and joining me today are Caroline and her parents, Preston and Rochelle. Thank you all so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Caroline, we're going to start with you, okay? Um, you know, I'd really love to hear a little bit more about your story. Um, tell us how old you are and how old you were when you were diagnosed with IVD, specifically Crohn's disease.
2: So uh, right now I'm 12 years old, and I was diagnosed at the age of four and started showing symptoms at three. So I've had... Uh, Crohn's, from what I know, from what I know of, yeah. Uh, yeah. for almost ten years now.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like you've—I mean—you've really had it for most of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Most of your life has probably been Crohn's has been in the picture. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does that feel? You know, what what is what is that like? Maybe that's what you know.
2: Yeah, I don't really remember life without knowing I have Crohn's, because from what we know, I could have had a Crohn's since I was born, but. Uh. I'm lucky to know that mine isn't. As bad as others.
1: A very positive way of looking at it, right? You know, we know that you know watching a loved one in pain is never easy, um, especially when it's your child. Um, So, Preston, let's let's go to you and what can you tell us about Caroline's diagnosis from your uh, perspective? The whole process of that, what was that like?
0: Um, Well, you know, when we were leading up to the diagnosis, uh, we were were, she was having bathroom issues. She was going frequently. It was um, clear that there was something wrong, and it was happening regularly. And um, that was the number one concern. So at first it was just very light. Okay, maybe she's a little ill or something like that. And you go to our regular pediatrician, and that leads to wanting to go to a specialist. And at that point, you start to get a little bit nervous. Um, But um, through the whole process working into this, um, you know, we, we started to understand that there were treatments and so on. Uh, as we were leading up to the diagnosis because they were saying it might be this it might be that and Crohn's was one of them IABD in general um, so we were nervous and um, confused because most people aren't aware of what all is involved with uh, anyone whether they be a child or an adult who has Crohn's disease. heard of it before but weren't really sure what all entailed um, and the more we looked into it um, you know, still a decent amount of confusion. We weren't sure how she was going to respond to medication and what the options were. We had, you know, uh, started to do a little bit more research into it and realize that, yes, this could get very serious and very uh, something to be, you know, reckoned with. Um, so it was scary. Um, certainly there are things that are more scary, so we were kind of happy that it wasn't anything worse than that. But um, thus began our journey into this world that we knew was going to be a long one. Um, so uh, as we started to find out more about it, we started to um, ask the right questions and associate ourselves with other people that were having similar issues and maybe see what we could learn from them. But it was, it was scary at first, and of course, like you said, seeing your child in pain, um, which uh, we were starting to see, uh, is not easy at all, especially for somebody like me because I'm the one that goes, Oh, uh, you cut yourself? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Let me see that. Yeah, no, nah, that might be broken. You know, and I, I don't know how to comfort properly. I'm, I've gotten better at it. She's the expert at it. Um, so learning to um, learning to be a proper uh, uh, caregiver parent uh, is is part of the process as well. But there's a lot to learn when you find out um, about a diagnosis like this.
1: Right. You mentioned so many really good points, and I think a lot of our our listeners and watchers will, will sort of understand that and appreciate that, right? Some of the fear involved and, you know, what's going on. And, and also talking about how much there was to learn. This would be for any, for any patient. Um, and once again, though, I have to also bring it back. You know, you, sound, you said something similar to Caroline, which is both of you seem to have an appreciation that, you know, it, it could have been worse, which, you know, there's a sense of gratitude, even despite the fact that you're dealing with Crohn's and it can be tough um that you seem to have which i think is remarkable and probably time at times hard to have you
0: know yeah very much so yeah. and we've we've learned uh, the more we've gotten involved with organizations and met more people that are that have ibd issues that sometimes it uh, and, and what i wasn't aware of is that the pain can be so severe that they really think about some drastic right things that i didn't even consider so it can get to a certain level so that's always in the back of our mind as right. well we're doing fairly well now we're responding well to treatment but it might not always be that way. So we're always on this, you know, eggshells, walking on eggshells sure. type mentality.
3: Well, is it, is it um, you know, you, you don't see the disease, but right. you also don't see the psychological aspects mm-hmm. of, of the disease that um, people don't want to talk about Crohn's to begin with much less the psychological part of it. Right, right. So being on top of that has been
1: key for us. Sure, sure. And I'm just going to go off topic a little bit because I think that's a really important point, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the psychological stuff. But why do you feel that people don't want to talk about Crohn's? What has been your experience? Is it that it makes them uncomfortable? is fun. it that?
0: Well, yeah. and, and listen, it's, it's also you're talking about feces and things like that that can people can snicker about and find funny if they don't know much about it, about how painful it is. Or it's, you know, it's a part of the body that some people still feel uncomfortable talking about, you know, about bowel movements and things like that. So I, I think that the awareness uh, over the past few years since we have come into this uh, has absolutely positively gotten more serious and people understand that it's not a joke and that people live with pain and are looking for, you know, treatments and cures uh, and that uh, and, and and I think... Uh, these charity events, these walks, and these m- more uh, uh, people that get involved, and, and you see people en masse coming out and saying, yeah, we're here to support and help find a cure, uh, people aren't, aren't uh, either uh, being hesitant to talk about it because of its sensitive nature or aren't finding it funny because of uh, some of the subject involved, you know? Well,
3: I, th- I also think the awareness of the whole autoimmune umbrella. Yes and that there's so many branches of that mm-hmm. um that you know oh you have that i have i yes. have this which right. falls under the same right um, we're invisible. looking at it maybe differently,
1: or mm-hmm. more holistically, maybe, Correct. and more awareness. So many mm-hmm. things, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think as physicians and healthcare providers, we can, we should be addressing that issue. That for patients, it's got to be hard because you're right. For some people, this this may be uncomfortable, you know. So, Caroline, I, I want to come back to you because your parents have set up a really good description of some of the process and how they were feeling, and maybe how you felt too, you know, going through the diagnosis. But I'd like to hear about what your life is like. You know, tell us a little bit about your social life. In school, Um, what are some obstacles that you've faced because of your Crohn's disease that you've actually been able able to overcome?
2: So, anxiety is like hurts my stomach a lot, depending Mm. on how much how anxious I am. Okay. So, I would be anxious to go to school because uh, is my stomach going to hurt today? Mm. Am I going to? miss a lot of class today because of my stomach aches how long am I going to be in the bathroom and miss a lot of classwork? and a big one for me was am I gonna pass Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily I got pretty good grades this year
1: excellent congratulations
2: Uh, but I went to see a therapist for quite a few months Mm -hmm. to help and I was able to finally be more happier and actually want to go to school
1: That's really excellent. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's something that we may not think about, right, is the anxiety that you and many other patients may feel with, like, going to school. As you said, are you going to have stomach pains? Or someone who's working, are they going to be able to, are they going to be in the bathroom half the day? Um, So I really, really appreciate uh, you, you talking about that. What would you say to doctors or healthcare providers out there listening, besides what you've just said, which is very powerful? What could you, what advice might you give us regarding that? Um, Any suggestions you have, uh, what things we can do so we can help our patients? Um,
2: Be patient, Hmm. because they could have a lot on their mind that they wanna get out, but they can't always. Hmm. So you need to be patient, but you also need to have permission for a lot of things because they may not be comfortable with certain tests.
1: Ah, interesting. Interesting. Give me an example of what you mean, like what kind of tests are you thinking about?
2: Like they may not be comfortable with getting their blood drawn, Ah, stuff like that. The
1: stuff that you have to do as a part of the condition that you have?
2: So they would have to be understanding and... Try to help them feel better about doing the tests. Well,
3: we definitely have, other, we definitely have um, places that we prefer yes. to go that are um, more gentle with blood work and, and tests mm-hmm. than other places.
1: Yes, and I'm sure you've gotten really savvy about that, mm-hmm. right? You kind of know where to go and how to go and who to see and exactly. probably have your favorite phlebotomists and things <laughs> like that, you know, your favorite lab techs. Um, no, I appreciate that. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Crohn's and Colitis Perspectives on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and today I'm speaking with Caroline and her parents, Preston and Rochelle. About the everyday effects of inflammatory bowel disease on their lives. So, let's we'll, we'll stick with you, Rochelle, okay? okay? Um, you know, you and your family are, are very active members of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, but you're also a board member of A Mother's Wish and a big supporter of Camp Oasis. Um, could you explain your participation with these organizations a bit further? And, you know, how did you find out about them? And really, how have they helped you and your family? Um, so, for A Mother's
3: Wish, it was a web search. They were. Ha- um, she was just diagnosed um, and we're searching the web and found they had an event coming up. So it was great because I got to connect mm-hmm. right away.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But being able to connect
1: with other parents, to yeah. be like, this is what we're going through now. What did you go through? Um, is hard. Well, what was it like for you and how did you deal with this? And A lot of, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, a lot of phone calls. I really appreciate you guys opening up, you know, it's going to help so many people. So I think the, the psychological part as a
3: parent is, I can't fix this, so, and we all have to go through the process, the journey, whatever that is for each individual, because not one's, not, not one person's Crohn's is the same as the next. So I think that makes it hard for the medical professionals is well, what worked for this child doesn't work for this one and all we can do is try. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, we, we weren't sure if, um, if her Crohn's was a food allergy. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were taking things out of her diet and mm-hmm. um, monitoring her and keeping a journal before we ever made it to the pediatric gastroenterologist. Mm-hmm. So when we got there, we had um, months of things that we had, had tried. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so at, she was scoped within the first week. Wow. I just know that all the work that you guys did in preparation really helped mm-hmm. that GI really say, Oh, okay, let's move right to plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get right to this next step. And, and really kudos to you all. You talked about the support. Um, You know, do you recommend that for other families? And is there a way that as healthcare providers we can facilitate that? And, you know, what are your thoughts? Are there suggestions for us, I guess, Um, is what I'm asking, in what you have found helpful? I
3: I think for me, it was connecting with other parents. Um, There are support groups for adults um, who, um, who are dealing with it themselves, but having other parents. is is a different aspect of of it.
0: I think maybe if physicians, you know, have these, uh, like the Crohn's Colitis Foundation and the uh, Mother's Wish and uh, the other organizations, have that information at the ready Mm -hmm. for the patients and say, here are some resources that you can use. Because I'm sure as a physician, you probably don't recommend, but we do, going and Googling, you know uh, these conditions and symptoms because that can make things worse because you see the the entirety of it all when there are subsections that might pertain to your child uh, more specifically and maybe uh, speaking one-on-one with people might be a better way to do that people who've gone through it as well might have some suggestions um, some some coping things to recommend as a parent not saying that a physician would know these things but um, somebody might connect a little bit better with a with a parent who has a child who's going through the same thing. So I think having those resources at the ready yeah, and yeah. passing those along,
3: or yeah. maybe not necessarily the doctors, but you spend so much time with the nurses, and and educating them on here's what's available in the community. Right.
1: And because they're the ones that are having those longer conversations. Right. And often taking phone calls and things like Mm -hmm. calling back. Those are great suggestions. It's not just saying, okay, here's your prescription, we'll see you in a month. Um, But we're saying, here's your prescription, these are the instructions, and here are some resources that might be helpful for you and your family until I see you next time. Um, So I do like that. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Crohn's and Colitis Perspectives on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and today I'm speaking with Caroline and her parents, Preston and Rochelle about the everyday effects of inflammatory bowel disease on their lives. And Caroline, of course, you're the star of the show today. A um, Couple more questions, because we definitely want to hear a little bit more about your life and, and all of that. So the last two questions are for you. Um, the first thing is, and I know we talked about this a little bit before we got started, and you guys have all been helpful with giving us doc suggestions, but is there anything that your doctor says or does in particular, um, either in the visits that you had when you were younger or even today, that has just been really helpful for you and you like, and that maybe something other doctors should consider doing.
2: Well, he's very kind to me. He always keeps, like, a softer voice, ah. which is calming. Mm-hmm. And my mom is always in there with me mm-hmm. and helps me out if I can't have if I don't really have an answer so she's allowed to be in there and it's not like my doctor Dr. Kelly is not allowing her to say anything uh, and he's just a really great doctor to me and he's very nice.
1: That's awesome. So listening is really important it sounds like and also, sort of the way that doctors come across, he does things that helps to make you feel comfortable, right? Yes. With the way he speaks and the way he asks questions and he allows your mom to participate mm-hmm. and that makes you comfortable, you know?
2: He gives me a lot of time to talk. Of course, he has like a time frame where he needs to get to the next patient, but he lets me have a voice.
1: Mm-hmm. that's I, I like that phrase, he lets you have a voice. Mm-hmm. And um, now that's, that's a humdinger right there. He lets you have a voice. I really love that. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys have things to add to this? Because I think this is a, a collective experience, too, um, that you've noticed.
3: Well, in the, in the appointments, we try to sit back. Yeah. and allow. She needs to have control. This is her disease, right. and so she needs to um, communicate and, and be her own advocate. Yeah. So when she gets stuck, then we help her. But until then, we try to sit back and allow her to drive
1: the car. Mm -hmm. Well, you drive your car very well, let me tell you, because um, you're communicating how you feel very, very well, and I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this. Um, And then let's go into another topic, okay, because I know sometimes this can be a little bit of a tricky subject, but, you know, what would you tell other girls and boys your age to make them feel comfortable with IBD? Um, you know, especially someone who might be just getting diagnosed or things like that, what would you tell them to make them feel more comfortable and help them feel more comfortable talking to their doctor?
2: What advice would you have for them? Well, to feel more comfortable, find good friends, not friends who are just there to, like, take advantage of you. Uh, I would also, if you're, don't let your IBD take control of you. Mm -hmm. Or any emotions that cause it to hurt, or any symptoms. The sooner that you can get out how you're feeling to somebody who can help you, like your parents or siblings or friends that you trust, or a therapist or doctor, etc., uh, the better you. The sooner you could feel better, the the sooner you could be treated and it's just it if you don't tell somebody sooner or later uh then it will just go downhill
1: right. so you're saying don't be afraid to talk about how you're feeling mm-hmm. and the sooner the better because hopefully that will help you you sooner that's very, very, very wise advice. And you know, I can't thank you guys enough. This was unbelievably amazing. So, one more thing I'd love to talk about is how doctors and physicians, healthcare providers, we can help support the whole patient more. You all have been very open in talking about sometimes what made you nervous or anxious and how you were able to overcome this. So, what are things that we as healthcare providers can do to help our patients um, and how they feel about what they're going through? What would you say?
3: I think. Um
1: really treating the
3: whole patient and, and, um, and the family through therapy also and different coping skills um, and things that you may not um, handle so well or trying to understand their perspective of a teenager dealing with, um, with a disease. And um, I think really getting into therapy early on um, can uh, avoid crisis down the road.
0: Yeah, anxiety coping skills and things like that, which is, you know, it was Rochelle's idea to, to have her speak to a therapist, and it's it's been wonderful. And we, in turn, ask her if there's anything that she spoke to her therapist she'd like to speak to us about. And, you know, so there's a, there's a privacy issue if she wants it. Right. Um, I think physicians could recommend that, especially if they see... Um, not al- not alone just uh, just Crohn's or IBD being an issue, but maybe we, there's uh, there's been a, um, uh, a personality change, a social change, or something along those lines. It may be these things that they're being held that are held inside because of this, or or that's directly affected by this, meaning the IBD, um, or they may be uh, experiencing some backlash from friends or acquaintances or things like that. And um, it's really helped Caroline out. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with school and having these issues and missing some school because of it. So um, I think having that outlet certainly can help a lot. And and if physicians can recommend that or maybe uh, you know point them in the direction of some therapists that may be able to help out.
3: But as a parent, you have to understand that when your child goes into therapy, you're not in the driver's seat anymore. And if they don't want you to know something you have to be okay with the fact that they're telling the therapist because the session isn't about you as the parent. It's about your child. So they need to know whatever I say to the therapist, I may not want you to know about. So you're not going to know unless unless they give
2: permission. permission. Mm -hmm. Or the therapist thinks that the parent really needs to know. Like self-harm, things like that.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know what, I think that you are... I think you're a remarkable, remarkable young woman. You give, you've give you given so much, you've given therapy advice to us all yeah. <laughs> during this interview, I have to say. Um, and I just, I feel um, so good that you've come to, to talk with us, all of you, it's been so helpful and you're going to help so many people. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Thank you.
0: The preceding episode was brought to you in collaboration with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. If you have missed any part of this discussion or to find any others in the series, visit reachmd.com slash foundation. To learn more about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, please visit crohnscolitisfoundation.org.